Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. The Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts is proudly sponsored by the Global Wellness HQ community. It's an online membership group where we meet, we share ideas, we share insights, and we all work together and help one another discover our own personal wellness journeys. If you'd like to join us, you can easily click the link below or scan the QR code, and we love hearing your stories, so we hope to see you in the community. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited today. I have my dear friend, Rachel Randolph. Um, Rachel, a couple years ago, came to me and told me um, she was going to sell everything she owned and live in a van and travel across the U.S. And I thought she was a little bit adventurous, a little bit crazy, a bit of both. Um, but I've been really excited to watch her on her journey. And so Rachel's joining us from her van today in Arizona. So Rachel, welcome. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. I love our conversations and I love being able to share them with your audience. Now, for those who are just tuning in for the first time or just catching up, uh, normally I have a, a process I follow. I have standard questions. Um, the thing is, Rachel is not standard in any way shape or form and she's one of those bright lights um and energy in a, in a human form that just inspires people so i wanted to first of all I'll apologize because rachel and i had a very fascinating conversation that we forgot to record um but we're going to try and, and pull some of that fun stuff out um i think that the heart of what rachel and i talk about most of the time is communication is that fair rachel yeah, communication and then my unique approach to it, which is introspection. And I think what I love about Rachel's approach in particular is, you know, a lot of people are looking for that quick fix. They're looking for the Band-Aid. And Rachel's one of the only people I know who's teaching. And I think introspection, you know, it's more inward bound. But the reality is any external skills you learn any external things you're picking up, if you haven't done the internal work, you're going to warp whatever tool you bring in. Is that fair, Rachel? Yeah, I think it gets naturally warped. And something that just was inspired to point out is, <laughs> and we could just go right here. How do I, if I'm listening to this for the first time and somebody, and you say, most people are looking for the quick fix to blank. The question I would be asking myself is, am I that person? How do I know that I'm not that person? Because psychologically, I want to 
I want to protect my ego and my ego thinking that I'm somebody who is not part of the club of somebody who I'm not that person looking for the quick fix. I'm here. I do the work. I listen to the podcasts. I read the books. I take the seminars. I'm not looking for the quick fix and not really reflecting on how, how that plays out. Now, would I say is somebody listening to this and that person, I don't know. But I think that's a really perfect place to start that introspective aspect and inquiry on, am I that person that's always looking for the quick fix? Why did I listen to this podcast in the first place? I love Jeff. I stumbled upon it. I'm interested in communication. Wherever that lands is is where it lands and then how that unfolds and then following that line is the point of self-inquiry and introspection and then how that plays out into how we interpret the world and perceive others and then ultimately communicate what we're experiencing words are the last thing to happen but all of that thought can start right now am i that person but i i find it fascinating when people just habitually do things you know they they don't think about why they're doing it and sometimes the question of why am I doing this is enough to really change a person. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it should be done for everything. Why you order the type of coffee you order, why you choose the coffee shop. You Like it all can just, yeah, I spend a lot of time in coffee shops. So obviously a lot of these questions just start within my surround, my, my immediate surroundings. Why did I order this coffee? Why didn't I have more of a conversation with the barista a uh, habit from ordering the coffee, black coffee for here in a small mug so I can get refills with oat milk because I like oat milk over almond milk, even though oat milk is for baby cows to get fat. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I want all of the things that I think and do to have legs. And I've spent a lot of time at nauseam questioning myself and without parameters, which is kind of why I think that limiting beliefs or limitations are really useful. As long as we understand to question them and like, did I put this here? Or did society put this here? That's just a useful thing because I do need stopping points personally on when that quest self-inquiry stops. Otherwise I go into a really unhealthy mental place where nothing is okay and nothing is satisfying um so i would say the caveat to self-inquiry is like for as many benefits everything has a light and a dark side right so the light is the benefits of understanding oneself in order to express oneself clearly and the dark side of it was because it would be that your tendrils go so deep you never come up for air and I think there are people that don't want to open those doors because they don't want to, you know, explore the old boxes in their brain and, and, you know, get past the pain. And as you said, did I put that there or did society? And it's amazing when you figure out what's yours and what's not yours, yeah. you can declutter your brain. Yeah. It's a, I, I wouldn't even begin to understand where, some things are more painful to go to that are conditioned from society and some things are more painful to go to that you put there yourself. And I have, I have no idea for me personally, the most pain that I experience is opening those own self 
initiated self-designed traps, um, mental traps and limitations for myself. And then again, like, is this a healthy limitation? Does this keep me away from never acting on anything, never expressing myself because I'm too afraid of everything? There is a utility for fear and limitations. And again, that's a questioning thing of, is this hurting me or helping me? And having that practice of everything being under that kind of just initial automatic question. Is this good for me or bad for me? Is this alignment or not? Is this in my flow? Is this helping me in the long term, but painful and uncomfy in the short term? Is this uncomfy in the short term or pleasurable in the short term, but has negative side effects that I can foresee just because my imagination works that way? And then that comes into the play of how we use our imaginations to create our realities. Like I can imagine this type of future for myself. What am I doing right now that is confronting the things that I want to have out of my way, the obstacles that my past put there? Okay, take care of the past through memory. That's just, time isn't linear like that. We just experience it that way for organizational purposes. <laughs> and it's very useful, right? Yeah. But our memories are happening right now. And my future, my future projections are happening right now. And as I talk, am I moving myself in a direction that is a new future, a future that I design, things that I believe in? Am I saying and articulating what's true for me and moving the needle forward in we can just call it a simple one is authenticity am i moving my trajectory my life trajectory in an inauthentic in in inauthentic or authentic direction right now and right now and right and how now. about now <laughs> and how about now and every and every single moment is stepping up to that plate of i wasn't authentic two seconds ago because I did, I said that the next time I'm presented with that opportunity to say something, to speak up in a meeting, to send an email with my actual thoughts, albeit appropriate and respectful. Those are all little, I call them with my clients choice points of pausing long enough to make a different choice, because that's really what people go after when they want something to feel good or a quick fix is, to be able to stop long enough to make a different decision. And I like that because I see a lot of people and I've been guilty of this many, many times you react immediately. And, and I, I have these conversations with my kids um, you react immediately and then you regret it. And then it's like, okay, how do I undo that? And sometimes you just need to pause for a second and think about it. Took a nice pause to think about it. <laughs> and I think, you know, I, I, I come from the world I used to teach sales and the the silence, like I think a good friend is somebody you can sit in silence with. Um, yeah. More importantly, a good relationship with yourself is when you can sit in silence. Um, but in a lot of communication, it's like whoever lets the silence linger loses. And, and people want to fill the silence. So my, my mind immediately goes into why is that? Not 
I don't think things like that are helpful to have an answer to and that somebody listening would be like oh well, Rachel said this so now I think that <laughs> that's so contradictory to my belief system and morals around introspection and thinking so if that is such a trigger point the silence if most people you know any any things that we're saying that are most people I want anyone to think am I that way and if so the next question is why and then do some digging into that because if it triggers you there's something there for you to discover I think that's just how we can interpret those things and so when it comes to the pause and whoever lets the silence happen loses, I think is what you, you said. Yeah. Where does that come from? Is that what you're afraid of? Does it make you uncomfortable for a silence? If so, why did you do it or did somebody else do it? If you did it, why did you do it? Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need to, collect that last thought maybe you need time before you respond accurately maybe the pause is actually a really useful beautiful enjoyable thing for you and the other person is it possible to reframe that way so that process can be done with just about anything with communication volume tact inflection word usage semantics grammar tone pacing what what works for me and why and i think that again introspective communication coaching is about finding those natural ways of communicating in the world that can make it easier to be what's authentic to you and authentic is one of my favorite words. And I, I want to ask you a question that I think will bring a, a little more Rachel out. Um, you once described what you do um, like being a soccer coach. Would you mind if we talked about that analogy? Because, you know, trying to explain to people what Rachel does, um, I mean, my words are limited and it's just uh, she's it's a thing of beauty to watch Rachel in action um, but it's really hard to sometimes explain it so I love your soccer analogy let's let's explore that well uh I think since you're giving me the space to explain a little bit more people will be like, like what the fuck <laughs> soccer <laughs> so I when I first started my coaching practice I looked around at what everybody else was doing kind of preachy kind of seeing whatever they had taught them to do and doing it and no one really took an observational stance to communication it's such an emotional thing it's such a powerful thing everyone wants to be the persuasive controlled person in the room and yet no one was really explaining or deep diving into the makeup and structural aspects of being that calm person in the room, that leader, that emotionally regulated communicator, et cetera. And so I was like, I need to look at this a different way because 
I want the world to look different. I don't want it to be about persuading people and marketing manipulation and communicating uh, just out of this kind of lofty, ambiguous, we are all connected and one perspective. There's something happening in between. And so I sought after finding an analogy that would accurately describe me as the coach and having skills to teach and value to add and whatnot and the personal experience of the person doing the thing which is communicating so I was like okay well I and then I used to listen to a lot of sports radio early on and I because I really like the way that sports coaches talk about saying things in the locker room and if they're a good coach they know that that weak moment after losing a game can make or break the team in the next game it's an opportunity to build them up and have them look inwardly like sports really good sports coaches are fantastic minds and so um I started coming up with or telling people that okay, communication is so ambiguous. It's this big thing. It's this thing that has a lot of interpretation and there's a, I personally don't think there's enough communication coaches for the thing that it is and the need that it has. But yeah. um, that aside, the way that I coach is a soccer coach as in I view communication as a sport and that removes a bit of the emotion at first so the overanalyzers can understand it and the over emotional can understand it. it's that happy middle ground of something tangible that they, we can all yeah. relate and so fine now whatever direction we need to go in somebody who's really emotional now we learn the skills for emotional regulation before we go into the logic and analyzing somebody very logical and analytical that has trouble expressing their emotions when it comes to communication we'll start with analyzing the skills the mechanics the technique the the this and that and we'll kick the ball of communication back and forth inside the session. We don't leave a single session without talking about a concept, then practicing it with me telling them to do it or, or say it out loud or practice it or give me their own interpretation of it. And then the last bit of each session, regardless of how long somebody's going to work with me, is me and that person kicking back the ball, kicking back the, and forth the skill inside the session of that skill so for example the there's one nlp technique or lazarus technique that i use which is just a distillation of an abstract idea into a specific idea that's it in its most raw virgin virgin type of explanation so you can go from abstract and explaining something transportation to mazda 3 hatchback that's white with leather seats specific yeah. So when we're going from ideas and wanting to express ourselves, I might ask you a question. What's your favorite thing about your 10-year-old son? Okay, maybe a lot of things come up. And then you could either tell me that paragraph, oh, but maybe we don't have a lot of time. So then maybe you could go into a sentence or two. Okay, well, maybe we just have a second, but I really wanted to know. Now you give me the word. Your favorite thing is honesty. My son is honest. Bam, done. And you yep. distilled from the abstract, overthought, lots of things and lots of information coming to you because you know your son and you love your son and you want to talk him up and you could probably talk for hours about your 10-year-old son, <laughs> given what I know about you. And I and, do, yep. 
<laughs> but what is relevant, what's needed right now and what serves the communication that we're having inside of this podcast right now. And it would probably be either the sentence or just the word. So that's just an example of us kicking the ball back and forth of communication or a skill that's useful towards communication in a very tangible way. And honestly, Rachel, that was that was fabulous. Thank you. I think what I take away from that, and maybe that's why it's hard to explain, most coaching programs are one size fits all. You know, you either fit in the shoebox or or we cram you in, whereas you're literally meeting the person where they are and and finding out what they need and then moving forward so that there's never a common starting point never. you know you're not treating everyone okay well hey you know it's not like a big fitness class where everybody shows up and you know we're going to start doing you know downward dog or something and hopefully nobody gets hurt you're bringing them in as as private guide and saying okay here's where you are today or you know, let's figure it out. And then you help them figure out where they want to go. Every journey is completely different. Is that fair? Because everyone, it, it is different anyways. Like, even if the analogy of soccer keeps going, like the skill level of somebody that comes to me is going to be different. What is the common denominator, like I've said, is this psychographic of someone who has gone through the ringer with personal development, therapy, inner work to the best of their ability. They understand and to some extent their patterns, they're very self-aware, very analytical and self-analytical. Or even if they're emotional, they have this thing in their head that when they do something they know they don't want to do with communication anymore, there's this voice that says, I don't want to do that anymore. Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? I know what to do, but I wasn't able to do it. And then they might spin their wheels for some amount of time. And then maybe communication happens later because they did think about it and identify that or communication never happens because they're too afraid of that that next step or confrontation and so it's taking that awareness that they've already cultivated spent many years that deserve lots of respect and honoring and leveraging it and that's why i do it the way that i do it is because i want to honor the work that that somebody's already put in and i want to meet them where they are in as much detail and intimacy as possible because i respect and honor and want to leverage and make somebody feel amazing because they spent that time they've they've gone after it in some way because they know already that there's a better way of being communicating living following their dreams being more authentic at work finding a good partner any of these symptoms i'm gonna cut rachel off here and not because you guys don't want to hear more but i'm gonna make you earn her next conversation with me so, Rachel, I, I'm going to pause the the recording because I, I want to thank you for being on the show. And I will make sure anybody who wants to hear more is going to hear more, but they're going to have to earn it. So how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I would say the most impactful way they could get in touch with me is through my LinkedIn and interacting with my writing. I write from first person communication perspectives or this kind of what's possible from the magic of communication. Again, kind of honoring the pain point. Like, I don't know what the pain is because you know the pain. And if you 
interact with me, if you contact me, that's the focus point completely on you. And that can be built trust because you can see that I'm not going after just some low hanging manipulative marketing fruit. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that when it's like when it really does work that way, but I just chose to do it a different way. So interacting with me on my LinkedIn, my website, www.yourspeccoach.com, S-P-E-C-C-O-A-C-H.com. Awesome. Well, Rachel, um, thank you for welcome. being authentically Rachel. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you, Jeff. I always love our talks and the space that you provide for me to do what I do. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.